Live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York on Thursday, November 9th, 2023. I'm Gianna Volpe. The GOP-controlled Suffolk legislature yesterday approved outgoing County Executive Steve Ballone's $3.9 billion budget for 2024, which raises spending by more than 5% while bolstering its reserves and keeping general fund property taxes flat. Robert Brodsky reporting on Newsday.com that one day after Suffolk voters went to the polls to select Brookhaven Town Supervisor Ed Romaine as Ballone's successor, county lawmakers voted 14 to 2 with two absences or vacancies in favor of an amended budget plan. That plan provided another $4 million offset by an, by other revenue adjustments to fund a host of new positions, including legal aid attorneys, fire marshals, and election clerks. Quote, it's truly a, a true balanced budget. That quote from presiding officer Kevin McCaffrey, the Republican from Lindenhurst, following the vote, adding we're going to be handing it off to the next county executive, but we're in good fiscal shape. The budget, which was released nearly a month after the original September 15th deadline because of delays related to last year's ransomware attack on county government, was approved two days before the November 10th deadline outlined in the county charter. In other news, Republican Suffolk County Executive-elect Ed Romaine said he planned to focus quickly on finding a new county police commissioner, filling vacant detective jobs and bolstering ties between the county executive's office and county legislators upon taking office in January. Vera Janice reporting on Newsday.com that in an interview yesterday, a day after defeating Democrat Dave Colon in the county executive Race Romaine promised a hands-on approach to governing informed uh, by his 40-year plus, 40-plus years of experience working for Suffolk County and Brookhaven Town. Uh, Romaine said, I will get into the weeds and the details of government, uh, but I will not be such a big picture guy that I can't see the forest for the trees, end quote. Romaine, the Brookhaven town supervisor, defeated Cologne, businessman and former prosecutor in the race to replace Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone, the term-limited Democrat uh, who just finished his 12th year in office. The job carries a four-year term, and under the proposed 2024 county budget, the recommended salary is $241,409. Romaine First county executive elected as a Republican since 1999 will be Suffolk's ninth county executive and at age 76, the oldest in county history when he takes office in January. Democrat H. Lee Dennison, the oldest Suffolk county executive at swearing in, was 56 when he was elected as the first county executive in 1960. Romaine noted that he beat Cologne 50 of Setauket 57 percent to 43 percent, even though Cologne outspent him two to one. On the other side of the aisle, Democrat Ann Welker easily held off Republican Manny Villar to win election in the Suffolk County Legislature's second district, one of the few Democratic stars in countywide races on Tuesday. Stephen J. Coates reporting on 27East.com that Welker, the first woman to serve as a Southampton Town trustee, will replace outgoing legislator Bridget Fleming, who did not seek another term. Welker received more than 61% of the vote to Villar's 39%, according to unofficial results from the Suffolk County Board of Elections to keep the district, which covers all of East Hampton Town and most of Southampton Town, in Democratic hands. Welker, who was back at work as an exercise physiologist at Stony Brook Southampton Hospital yesterday morning after a long election night, issued a brief statement to say, I am deeply grateful to the communities on the South Fork who resoundingly supported my run for Suffolk County Legislature. Uh, she added, we ran a strong campaign by partnering with the excellent teams at the county and town levels. I look forward to continuing and building upon the exemplary work of Legislator Bridget, Bridget uh, Fleming on challenges to our environment and quality of life. And quote, that's newly elected county legislator Ann Welker. Elsewhere, Republicans continued their string of recent successes at the county level as Catherine Stark defeated Catherine Kent to flip the North Fork first district seat to the Republican side. Stark will replace her former boss, Democrat Al Krupski, who gave up the seat to run a successful race for South Hold Town supervisor. Republicans have now won enough seats for a 12 to 6 supermajority in the Suffolk County Ledge. 
And finally, Saturday is Veterans Day 2023, a holiday to honor Americans' veterans for their patriotism, love of country, and willingness to serve and sacrifice for the common good. Denise Civiletti reporting on RiverheadLocal.com that the Riverhead Combined Veterans Committee will host its Veterans Day ceremony on Saturday at 11 at the War Memorial Monument on the corner of West Main and Court Streets in Riverhead. The Granite Monument was dedicated on Memorial Day 1920 to the nearly 300 Riverhead men who fought in World War One and the nine who made the ultimate sacrifice. Veterans Day ceremonies at Calverton National Cemetery on Saturday start at 1 o'clock. The ceremonies are held in the assembly area. I'll be speaking to homegrown veterans George Motes and Admiral Thomas Richards at the bottom of the next hour. Um, reading the weather in East Hampton in honor of Christian Arbasu joining us to talk about another type of veteran of war, Holocaust survivors, and the East End's very own Judy Sleed as both prepare for the debut of Christian's documentary, I Am Judy at uh, LTV Studios on Veterans Day. That's this Saturday at 6 p.m. Looking like a chance of showers between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. in East Hampton. Mostly cloudy otherwise with a high near 61 degrees. South wind around 14 miles per hour becoming west in the afternoon. Tonight partly cloudy with a low around 42 degrees. Northwest wind 9 to 11 miles an hour. Right now it's 51 degrees. I've got survivor songs leading you uh, into some Army songs at the end of the playlist. Uh, I won't be with you tomorrow, uh, the observed day for Veterans Day, uh, you know, in in offices and, and whatnot. Um, so I'll miss you very much, but we will be speaking with two veterans this morning. Um, I know I have a reminder for you, and it is about... Um, John Melillo and what's going on with him since we won't be able to have him in the studio with us this morning. I'll get that all ready after the kinks. One of the survivors from Preservation Act 1, 1973, right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Oh, God. 
of Johnny's. Part three of John Melillo, uh, Army uh, Vietnam War veteran from the Army. Uh, part three of Life Goes On is opening today at Southampton Cultural Center. There will be a reception tomorrow from noon to four. It does the lighter side of Vietnam, a follow-up to the first two parts of his uh, exhibition that has been running, I think, pretty consistently, maybe even the last uh, three years at Southampton Cultural Center. Uh, that'll be running through the 26th, but there will be a reception tomorrow between noon and four. There's also going to be a short video series shown where John reflects on the paintings that tell his unique story. Uh, he grew up uh, in s- historic Southampton, Watermill, and Sagaponic. His family uh, heritage goes back to the 1890s. Um, so another cool thing to get into this Veterans Day weekend in addition to the Warriors Rock concert. Of course, we mentioned uh, what's going on in Riverhead and Calverton. Another note for Southampton Town Veterans on Sunday, November 12th at 3 p.m. in Aguam Park. Uh, a British Army veteran and a Royal Air Force veteran from Southampton, England, will prete- present two reads in honor of American men and uh, servicemen and women. So they're asking that uh, Southampton veterans uh, please join the ceremony um, on Sunday, November 12th in Aguam Park at 3 p.m., if so inclined, uh, of course, there will also be um, Southampton Village's regular Veterans Day ceremony on Saturday, uh, November 11th at 11 a.m. also in Agawam Park. You can call Pil- Bill Jones for any questions that you might have, 631-276-8825. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of the heart of the East End as we head into Veterans Day weekend for all of those who have served our country or, or do so at press time, uh, protecting the peace of our nation uh, and uh, some of whom who have given the ultimate sacrifice. And, and a little note there, we, we talked a bit about uh, loss this week with uh, Jean Behrens of, of East End Hospice. Just a, a note to be, be light um, because uh, many, if not all, of the folks you are going to be thanking uh, for their service are thinking of those who did not come home. I'm Gianna Volpe. Uh, this is Passenger. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And I hope you are having a beautiful morning or or midnight, which is Technically morning, if you're listening to the replay, it's the Survivor section of the set list. We'll be speaking with Christian Arbasu in just a few moments here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLI-WFM, the morning and midnight show, The Heart, recorded live from the heart of the East End, playing music from all decades and genres, speaking to folks from all walks of life, all because of you, the listener supporter, donating to WLIWFM. .org, the same place you can stream us. We'll be back. Just a game No one ever tells you how to play See different people Go different ways Some of them will leave you But some of them will stay Well our hearts keep drumming And the years keep coming Quicker than they've ever been you know, I'm actually going to take a little pause here uh, from Passenger Survivors. 
we have a survivor on the line, and I just simply do not want her to wait. We have so we have Christian Arbasu, a phenomenal filmmaker. The last time we had you on, uh, Christian was uh, about I am Arbasu, right? About your own family. That's, that's correct. All right, and yes. na- and now we're here to talk about uh, the loveliest of people, Judy Sleed, who I I got to know through I am Judy. And I want to, uh, you guys are having the, is it going to be the premiere screening at LTV this Saturday? Yes, it is. Okay. At 6 p.m. So so tell me, uh, we'll start, Christian, with you just to introduce Judith a bit uh, and tell us, you know, how you got to know her. I imagine it was at LTV Studios where Judy has produced uh, The Play is the Thing for what, two decades now? More? For, yes, for, for, for two decades, Judy has done an, over 100 shows, and I was introduced to Judy about two years ago through Michael Clark, because we developed a show called Life Stories, and Judy found out about me through Michael, and vice versa, I found out about her, and I told Judy that I would do her story as soon as I was able, as soon as I freed up from a from a project that I was working on. And that is how we met. We spoke over the telephone for about a year, and we met a couple of times. I went to her apartment, and then I came back and told her story. I started filming her. So Judy is... Last November. One of the, one of the hidden children of World War II, um, and did not speak about her life, her history, until very recently. Isn't that right, Judy? That is correct. It was, I didn't like talking about it because it was very painful. Right. And, you know, and and you were sort of, you were taught even uh, by your mother up until uh, she left in in October when you were 12, uh, she would cover your ears, right? When, when, uh, anything was going on that was unpleasant and, and had to do That with is absolutely correct. I knew nothing what was happening in the world because we lived like in a small, uh, practically small apartment. She couldn't send me in another room, so she just covered my ears. And it was, it was really just up until the end, uh, you were forced to move across across the river um, and then they had the yes from from Pest to Buddha. Got it. Yes. And and that and your father had to move his shop as well. Oh yes, and that, I didn't think anything significant about it, but uh, his store was in a choice place, and then, as they say, across the track were the poor people. And he had to move his store across the track. But he continued to thrive because it was a very profitable store. In those days, a shoemaker would make custom-made shoes. They didn't have ready-made shoes like they have today. Right, right. So I I grew up with custom-made shoes. So, and and then... uh... You know, what was, I mean, the whole, the whole story, fascinating, heartbreaking. Uh, you, you behaved a bit differently from the rest of your family in that I remember one time uh, you were all gathered in a building. You saw uh, like a crack in the wall, uh, looked around, saw if anyone was watching you and you just, you slipped out. Uh, your parents did not... Yeah. Um, defect in well, any way. Well, my parents were gone already. They were gone. Right. Yes. I was, <clears throat> I was put. Well, the last thing they did, they moved. When we were in Buddha, they marched. We marched across the the bridge right. to Pest, and they put us in a bombed out building. And uh, people ask me, what do you mean you went out through a hole? I said, well, if you have seen any movies with a bombed out building, you would know that the building is being destroyed. So the Germans, they kept giving orders, do this, do that. They collected all valuables. 
And after a while, there was quiet, no orders. So I looked around, and I saw this opening in in the wall. So that's when I decided I'm going to try and see if I could fit. So as you said, I looked around, and nobody followed me, watched me. So I just went there, and I went out, and I found myself on the streets of Budapest. I I was familiar <coughs> with the city because my mother would, you know, we would go visit people. So across the street there was the opera house, and I remember <coughs> the street, it was on, it was called Hayoshutsa, and on the other side of that street, that was a ballet studio that I used to go to as a five-year-old because uh, not only because my mother wanted me to uh, (coughs) learn how to dance ballet, but also she was my, the wife of the teacher was my mother's cousin. Oh, and of so course, I was very familiar with the area. And you and you were very, very smart. You you visited all of the relatives that you knew to find, and that's ultimately how you were saved. Ava was an aunt of yours? My mother's cousin. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ava. I always said she saved me because she always two different occasions she found me and put me in a safe home. Right. And and one of those uh it, it was on Dillybob Street, which uh, yes, Dillybob Dillybob Street. Dillybob Utsa. Hey. Utsa is a street. So so where is uh Judy, where is Dillybob Utsa in the journey of you Buddha. It was in Buddha. Where, where is Across the, the river. And it's also the title of the play that you wrote about your experience uh, with other right. children like yourself, uh, that Swiss-run institution. Um, where are you in the journey of finding a home for your play? Well, this, as I, as you mentioned, Daily Babu, so that was a, a home, and... Uh, there was a, an elderly lady who cooked for us, and there were young uh, adults who supervised everything. And they prepared us to uh, move to Israel. At that time, it was called Palestine. So they taught us all sorts of Hebrew songs, and that's how we spent our time learning songs and that chased away the blues yeah yeah christian uh, for you doing this uh making this documentary uh, how was it for you really getting to know judy her and her family so intimately in her story oh it, it it's been a, a, a wonderful experience and you know, it just confirmed what I already knew about Holocaust survivors, that they have such a strong, indomitable spirit. Right. And what what drew me, you know, what just draws me in so much to, to Judy is how happy she is. Yes. And against all the odds and through everything she's been through, the loss of two children, her yes. entire family, her parents, she still manages to have the most beautiful laugh. Every time I call Judy, we we always start the conversation with a laugh. And yeah. it's just, it's so remarkable. Her laugh. And, and it, it's just, the, yes, sorry, go ahead. The twinkle in her eye when she laughs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and she, she's so, there you go. <laughs> There's the laugh. That's what we do. We just, we laugh. And I, I, I think we laugh because we're living Yes. And I and I think we also laugh because we've overcome or yes. she's overcome so much loss. And it's you know, it's the reason why the film ends with Judy singing, because that's who Judy is. Her heart is full of love and it's a true testament, I think, 
this film that love always overpowers hate no oh, matter yes. what where there is love you can always it's just it's such a beacon and I really appreciated that uh, your your daughter Jill, who's no longer with us, that was very much a central theme to her artwork. Uh, there's all love and 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 a a fight for love. You know, the, this the angel. It's like a fiery the fiery wings of love, and it, you it's always in the background. She's always there. You wear her her jacket and it's when you talk about uh, her laughter and and uh the deep spirit it's like you know all of these parts of life are inextricable and you can't have one without the other the darkness without the light and whatnot and so it's like she she really truly understands what it means and the importance of laughter because she has seen and and experienced unspeakable horror herself but you know i i think um i, I loved my, my favorite part is the advocacy for yourself that you never the fighting spirit never ends like for example there is a time after uh the war where uh you were invited to be a babysitter i i i don't remember which one of your family members it was for but uh, being a lover of piano and a, and a beautiful uh, piano player, you said, do you have a piano? And she says, no. And you say, well, then I won't be coming. <laughs> yes. And and thus... And, and then she purchased a baby grand. A baby yes. grand, a gorgeous baby grand piano yes. for you to play. Right. Yeah, and uh, one of the Marsha, she's still living in California. You and know, she's in the documentary. That, yes. Yeah, that's that's the little girl I was babysitting for. <laughs> this Her one... mother used to say, "My Marsha, that's Aww. my Marsha." <laughs> you know, it's just yes. You never, you never give up, no matter what it is, uh, down to where you live at, at Windmill Village. You waited two years. Yes, I did sign <laughs> up, and I waited two years to live here. <laughs> and when I saw this apartment, I felt I inherited a palace because I, for so many years, I didn't have a home, right. and I lived with other people. Can you talk more about that, Judy? The idea of home and 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 finding it uh, finally uh, at the age you were when you did. I've been here like twenty years now. Wow! So you were so. Let's see. You're you're ninety one now. Yes, so, I can't believe it myself. So you were in your seventies. <laughs> I have to pinch myself to make sure I'm still living. <laughs> oh my gosh, you are you are more than than just living. You are uh I I like to I coined the word sir thrival. You are a you are thriving. Um it was so lovely and refreshing. Your your family must be and feel so fortunate to have someone so what do they as they say with it at at 91. <laughs> You are a, you yes. are a youngster. Well, it's true that people look at me; they can't believe I'm 91. Apparently, I don't <laughs> physically I don't look it, and mentally I don't act it. Do you feel it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> at times, I do. <laughs> we we know you. You just. But, you just went through a little bit of unpleasantness, but you're feeling okay this morning. Well, my son passed away recently, and that's very, very hard. Who did? Because my son. I can. I did not know. I am so sorry, Jeff. Yeah, my my about three weeks ago. Oh my goodness! And he goodness. was with me for ten years. He took care of me. Oh my goodness, I am so sorry to so hear that. So that was really hard, very hard. Oh, I, uh, uh, unspeakably, I, I'm sure. 
So this will be, it's going to be a tough uh, viewing for you then, this, this documentary. Yes, yes, and he was in the documentary, he's in the documentary. The first scene in the documentary is when Christian comes to windmill and my son is greeting her. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Christian, do you want to say anything about about Jeff? Because I imagine you got to know him quite well through filming this. I, I, I did, and um, we became friends. But he was instrumental in helping me get photographs from Judy. And um, yeah, it's it's devastating. He I'm passed so away October first, and he was just. Like Judy said, he was a very, very good caretaker. Yeah. And he was in the business. He used to be an on-air reporter oh, I didn't on know. Channel 12. And yes, and he worked with Bob Costas. So we, you know, we, we talked quite often. And I really grew to love him. We developed a really good relationship. He was always looking out for me and always looking out for Judy. So, so it's heart... a deep, deep yeah. loss. And his son, Jordan, is he had one son. Which which son was he has his? one son. Jordan is in the lives in Texas, and McCartney also lives in Texas, and they both came to us. You meet Jordan at the scene, the Thanksgiving dinner, yes. when Judy meets her great grandchildren, and you meet McCarthy McCartney at Judy's in Judy's apartment Got when it. you know she's saying, "I'm so glad you're telling your story." She's towards the end of the documentary. Yes. Okay. Okay, so he has he had two children. So, uh, our heart with you, Jordan McCartney, of course, you, Judy, and the the entire family, uh, including the the family of of News Twelve. Uh, I'm so sorry to hear about this loss. I am so grateful to hear about your survival uh, and this beautiful family that would not be if it were not. For uh, for me, yes. and also Jody has two sons, Nate and Matt. And as Christian was saying, we went for Thanksgiving dinner in Matt's house in Sogodies, where you could see his two children, yes. uh, Aria and Ryder. Aria is a girl. And Ryder is a boy, and over there, uh, Christian contacted Nate, who lived in New York City, and you could also see him talking on the phone. <laughs> so beautiful, so so touching, Judy. How has it been for you? To have this, and also I have to mention that Christian drove me there, and that was the first time I have seen my great grandchildren. What was that like for you? And the dinner was beautiful, tasty. I can't believe he made all of that food. Oh, and Matt, Matt made it all but yes. with his little hands. I know. <laughs> he said, "I made it all from scratch," and I was I was salivating just watching. Yes, yes, and he invited us again for Thanksgiving. Uh, how proud are you? Uh, you know, when you when you look at all of these beautiful people, and you you realize, yes, I, I, exactly. That's what I'm looking at. If it wasn't for me, these people wouldn't be here. Right. It's just utterly, utterly heartbreaking. It was, it was. I, I. I, and my heart was breaking for you. You 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 put it off so long uh, to learn about what happened. I think partially because it was it, it was almost impossible re- for you to face uh, to really have it uh, come home to know your parents and your brother w- would not never come home. Uh, you were living out here later in your life. You joined a literary group. Uh, they had some required reading, and it, it, it was about the Holocaust. And they they talked about uh, postcards, how uh, they would have the people uh, write postcards to their family 
before they were were executed. Oh yes, that was. Yeah, I still have that postcard, original postcard, because the rest of the pictures uh, went to uh, the Holocaust Museum right. in D.C. Oh. Okay. Yeah, but I also have to mention for many years after I was waiting for them to come back. It was and it was to come back and there were rumors that some of the surviving people from the camps went they took them to Russia. So my mind was going all over. Yes. But after I <clears throat> read that book when I learned about the postcard that's when I knew they will never come back. And it was so ironic because the this 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 uh, you know the content of the postcard is telling you we are okay. You know we're okay. We're alive. And so this thing that yes, probably that we, gave we you met hope. Up. You know this this postcard that yes. initially gave you hope was also the thing that cemented for you that they they were would not be coming home. Yes. Exactly. I'm so sorry, Juji. So, all right. So this Saturday, so, this Saturday, uh, six o'clock. When when are you guys getting started? Yes, we're getting started at six o'clock at LTV Studios in Wayne Scott. And before I let you go, and and LTVEH dot org, will will folks need tickets, Christian? Uh, no, they can just come. It's a free it's free admission, and people should arrive maybe 15 minutes before just to get a good seat. And before I let and you go... And it's going to be SSRO. And tell them what that means. Nobody knows. SRO, standing room only. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. I, and will you will you be answering questions or or will there be any any of that? Is it just simply the screening? Oh no, yes, my my friend, my friend Sarah advised me to put a hearing aid so I could hear everybody, and also a microphone so everybody could hear me. Yes, <laughs> we are utterly grateful. We have a Q and A. We have a Q and A afterwards. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic and and deep, deep gratitude to both of you, of course to you, Judy, for surviving, for being with us, for building a beautiful family, and to you, Christian, for for documenting uh, Judy and her life story. Uh, we are looking forward to when Julie Bab Utza is uh, on a stage somewhere, hopefully here in our own backyard. Yeah, that. That would make me very happy. It's right here. Same here. And, of course, uh, for the screening this Saturday at 6 o'clock at LTV Studios of I Am Judy. I am Gianna Volpe. That was Christian Arbasu and Judy Sleed. Uh, this is the rest of Passengers, Survivors, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, news you can trust, music you love. Time is running thin. Everybody's looking for somebody to love, but we're scared to let them in. And I say,
wasn't the perfect track to wrap around our interview with Christian Arbasu and Judy Sleed. I think I'm going to go to Mary J. Blige. This is Survivor from the Strength of a Woman record of 2017. Uh, less than 10 minutes before the NPR news break at the top of the hour. Stay with us on WLIWFM, Long Island's only local NPR radio station. And the heart Morning and Midnight Show. I've been laying there waiting for something. Realizing I'm waiting for nothing. Because I gotta get it, get it. Cause ain't no one doing it for me. I'm the only one telling my story. And I come such a long way from really can try but don't be surprised cause I'm a survivor Break through. 
heart of a fighter, so no, you can't break me. Lock me out if you wanna, already found the key. You can try, but don't be surprised, cause I'm a survivor. Residents of the hometown where I from where I come, Miss Mary J. Blige. Leading you into the NPR news break with a cover by the Summage, Merrick Again, and Ryle. Did I say any of those artist names correctly? It's a cover of Destiny's Child's Survivor. this end, sending love from the bottom of the heart of the East End to survivors of domestic abuse and violence. We missed talking about this topic during Domestic uh, Violence Awareness Month of October. I'm going to be working to get the leaders of the retreat on here this winter. Leading you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour, uh, getting ready for Admiral Thomas Richards and uh, George Motes to join us at the bottom of the next hour. Stay with us on WLI WFM. <laughs> 